Disruptive Storytelling with Military Changemakers is a bi-weekly podcast presented by Partners in Promise. Partners in Promise is a nonprofit dedicated to protecting the rights of military children in special education. Large organizations like the military have learned to love the status quo. But at Partners in Promise, we believe in being disruptive as we have learned that having easy conversations rarely leads to real change in special education or in the military. We are storytellers who aren't afraid to get a little disruptive. Disruptive Storytelling is sponsored by the Modern Military Association of America. Founded in 1993, MMAA is the nation's largest nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing fairness and equality for the LGBTQ military and veteran community. Learn more about what the changemakers at MMAA are up to at modernmilitary.org. Welcome everybody to Disruptive Storytelling with Military Changemakers. I'm your host, Jennifer Barnhill from Partners in Promise, and I am joined today by our fearless leader, Michelle Norman. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Jen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Coffee. A lot of coffee, <laughs> as usual. And for those of you who don't know, Michelle Norman is the Executive Director of Partners in Promise. Um, just an amazing all-around great advocate for her daughter and son, uh, Marissa, and she is the inspiration for Partners in Promise. We're here today to kind of give you guys a little bit of an intro and a background of why we're here. Why is Partners in Promise, an organization dedicated to protecting the rights of military children in special education, talking on a podcast? Why are we doing that? <laughs> so Michelle, you're kind of here to help give us some some backstory. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're right. This was one of those conversations that we had earlier this year. Like, why, why are we experiencing um, so many issues trying to advocate at a higher level for special education, for military families and EFMP? And I think, you know, if you look back as we dug a little deeper in our survey, that there is reluctance, you know, there is reluctance of our families to come forward with their stories to come forward that perhaps their families, you know, do need a little bit of extra help in, you know, education or medical help. Um, so I think that as we were digging into that data, we realized this is something that we need to tackle head on the stigma piece. You know, why, why are people when we have so many resources available to them are not able to reach out and connect in this community to together to try to help, you know, improve those resources for our families. Yeah. And, and I know that this was, so our 2021 survey was conducted actually in 2020. It's a little confusing sometimes, but uh, we'll post the link to the survey information in the show notes. So if you want to deep dive into what we learned about special education, you can go ahead and check that out. But one of the main takeaways was we had a lot of families who just didn't know what they didn't know but they also were citing stigma associated with enrolling in the exceptional family member program. And for those of us who are joining, who aren't familiar with what this program is, um, it's, it's a mandatory enrollment program, which sounds, you know, big and bad. And, you know, you must enroll for those who have dependents, military dependents with exceptional medical or educational needs. And the program is really designed to help in a couple different ways. Um, one of them is assignment coordination. You have an, a medical 
condition where you need to be stationed near a military installation that can help you in that area. And so that's one of the components. And the other is just resources. We have a lot of resources available to family members. But this survey data that Partners in Promise conducted really looked at why are people not enrolling? And one of the main things, as Michelle was indicating, is there's kind of this perception that if you self-identify in special education or as having an exceptional need, that it would hurt your active duty member career in that they might not get to go to the locations that they want to go to. They might just in general not be promoted, things that right. are not really we're not seeing. And, and Michelle, have, what have you noticed as far as being an, someone who's been in the exceptional family member program for a while? What have you experienced? I agree. I, th- I think there are some myths out there, you know, and there are also those, those stories, right, that you hear in the community and like, oh, my friend, you know, they got into the EFMP program and they can't get out, even though they have a temporary diagnosis. Um, and I think what was really telling, Jen, is when you had that conversation with Dr. Katz, who is a psychologist here in the Hampton Roads area, and he serves a lot of the families that are in the special ops community. And there's a huge reluctance to enroll in the EFMP program because a lot of those families, you know, are generational in, in, you know, in enlisting in the military. And so once you are perceived to have an issue, you're enrolled, that may affect that student's ability to enlist in the military and continue to serve. And so what's unfortunate is that many of these um, families are not receiving the care they probably could get because they are, you know, reluctant to self-identify. And um, I'm sure we're seeing that in a lot of other areas because from your research, you know, that's how we retain some of our amazing, you know, military servicemen and women is through our families. You know, they see their parents serve, they want to serve, it goes on and on for generations. So um, that was kind of eye-opening to see that, that reluctance within that community. And I know that it's, you know, pervasive throughout. And it's again, the optics. Why are we not spotlighting you know, the leaders that have been successful in the EFMP program. We know that they exist. We know that, um, for instance, the Marine Corps has done a lot of research over the past decade and really boosted their EFMP program to where their data shows that their leaders and those enrolled stay in the military longer, are happier in their career, and their career has lasted a little bit longer, perhaps, than their peers. So there is career progression. So I think we can learn a lot, you know, from those who are really taking care of the community in EFMP and ensuring that there are resources there for them so that they can serve the way that it should be and and keep intact the military readiness and retention that that we all strive for in in our services. Yeah. And I would just also say, so we have special education, we have EFMP, um, and that's our primary focus at Partners in Promise is exceptional family members, especially those who are dealing with special education issues. So I know it's really confusing again. Why are we here on a podcast talking about military stigma? We're not just talking about EFMP or special education. We're covering a lot of different topics. And I know you mentioned research and I I love research. I know you love research. Um, We have a little slogan at Partners in Promise that says, we heart data, but stories complete us. And I really love that for so many reasons, but we don't just stop our research at the door of special education and, and special and exceptional needs. When we are looking at military issues, they are all encompassing. We notice that when we look at the transition where military family members move or they become 
active duty or they retire into veteran or um, retired status, there's tons of transitions. And so our families are constantly having situations that come up that everything bleeds into itself. And I know our sponsors, MMAA, they are advocates for LGBTQ and rights and just education. And they have issues that they're constantly trying to address with just education. And so maybe we need to, to step back and just, I want to ask you, Michelle, what is your, we're talking about stigma, right? We could, we could just jump right in a hundred different topics. And what is your perception of what stigma is? I know that we've talked about it a little, but like prior to me kind of nerding out and sharing what my research <laughs> came up with, <laughs> what do you think when you hear the word stigma? Oh, that's a loaded question there, Jen, because <laughs> um, it has so many, there's so many ways to look at it, but I think, you know, everyone wants to think about it in their own personal way. And when I think of stigma, I think of just a reluctance of admitting or seeking, you know, seeking help for something that you know that your family needs or you need. Um, and what is that pressure? There's like pressure. There's like a reluctance of, of what the perception might be of others, you know, that see you speaking out or see you seeking that help. You know, and I think that um, there is a lot of that in just any parts of your life, but perhaps, you know, it's definitely amplified in, in the military with certain, with certain topics. You know, I know that when my daughter was born, you know, the, the situation that we were dealing with medically and then eventually education, special education, is not something that's an easy topic. It's not something that a lot of people can relate to. And so there was oftentimes silence, you know, when we would bring up information <laughs> about how's your child doing? We weren't really the, the typical officer family that had the all-American, um, everyone's doing great and my child's like the star kicker and the so soccer team. And, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, my daughter just rolled over yesterday for the first time and she's you know way past her developmental stage of when that's supposed to be happening. So it's just hard for people to relate to what your circumstance might be. And, some people choose to be very quiet about those type things because it's uncomfortable. These are uncomfortable conversations because it's different. And if they don't have that personal connection to anyone else in their family or in their community, they don't really know how to react. And so I guess that's what I think about with stigma. We've seen it a lot with talking to folks who are advocating for their children in special education. Met lots of folks um, in our military community who wanted to speak out to me personally, but when I asked if I can use their name or if I could you know, share their story, they're like, yeah, no, it's so, I'd rather be anonymous on this. And so I think they're just worried about that perception among their, their peers in their community of, of what they're struggling with. You know, we've been very open about our, our situation. And I think that, you know, again, if we can have more and more leaders, people just talking about it in general, that we can solve more of the problems that our community is facing. And I think that's that's really what we're trying to do with this podcast is just let's talk about it. Let's let's see what these problems are. And you know, are there solutions? Because we're such a solution-based organization, perhaps just talking about it with folks who who have that optic of, of wanting to make things better. It's, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I think that if anything, just, just, you know, starting the conversation is where we need to be. Yeah. Well, you're exactly right. And so one of the future episodes of this, so this season we're talking about stigma, but this general podcast about disruptive storytelling is it's not, I know that's, 
it's like a headline, you know, disruptive storytelling. But it really is the idea that change is possible if you just, like you said, just start having the conversation. And one of our guests on this season did go into kind of the history of stigma and how to combat it. And I'm not going to give away all that they shared about how to combat it, because I would love for everyone to stick around and listen to the professor share that. But one of the things that she shared was just um, connection to the topic. And we as military families, we move around a lot and we're a cross section of the US population. We really are diverse, very diverse. And we have a really amazing opportunity as military families to get to know people from different backgrounds, different comfort levels, people who are dealing with different things and deep dive into those conversations. Uh, it is hard with COVID and, and not being able to travel, but things are changing. And we're really excited that that's, that's changing for us. But one of the things she said was that connection was so important. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to our families is that we hope that by hearing some of these hard conversations coupled with solutions, that people can kind of identify with the issues that their other people are facing. Well, I am super excited just for those connections. And um, this is going to be, you know, new for us to be able to kind of deep dive into these, you know, tough subjects. They're not going to be topics that, you know, you'll typically speak about around the dinner table, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess it depends upon your family. Maybe you will. <laughs> Maybe you're, you're just a disruptive uh, family like mine. <laughs> okay. Well, that's true, Jen. And that's why you're going to be perfect for running this podcast, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it. I know, again, it's not going to be comfortable for many folks to hear some of the, the stories, you know, that are, are coming from our military community and we may not have the solutions you know, for all of these issues that we're going to be talking about. And that's okay. I think, again, it's just starting the conversation and I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the different topics that we're going to be, you know, I guess spearheading and, and, and looking into a little bit more deep. So in addition to special education, we are going to talk with individuals and again, we're laughing and chatting and have coffee in hand, but the, like Michelle said, this is, it does get deep. Um, it does get uncomfortable, but at the end of the day it is an important discomfort to place oneself into is to just feel like, okay, I can listen to somebody share their story of trauma and I can hear the pain that they've went through and learn something from it because that's ultimately the purpose. We also do have experts coming in to share about stigma. We have a former Air Force colonel who is, was featured in Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, speak about how we can kind of draft our own narratives and, and take what stigma um, we experience in our lives individually and turn it around for good because we're not just here to talk about these, these stories to kind of get the wow factor. We want to make it so that people can access different experiences, maybe that they would have never experienced or heard from before. Again, we're going to talk about racism. <laughs> Again, not, not easy. Um, being LGBTQ, being active duty female, then to military spouse and what that's like. How do you go from being on the inside to feeling like maybe you're now on the outside and considered, quote unquote, just a spouse? And so there's a lot of variety in these conversations. And we're really excited to hear from everyone in our community and to share. Absolutely. 
And so Michelle, I'm going to kick it back to you uh, before we sign off just to see any, any parting thoughts or stories about this season. Absolutely. Well, I will say that um, one thing that we maybe didn't touch upon is how they all intersect with each other. You know, I just saw yesterday as I was going through the internet, um, a fantastic study that was done on special education and looking at the underserved populations, you know, our community of color and poverty and just, you know, seeing how the LBGTQ community is also affected during COVID, special education. It's just, you know, how all of them intersect with each other is so important. And so it may be a subject that doesn't directly impact you, but know that it's somehow, it's part of our military community in general. You know, it's just the more we know, the more educated we can be to talk about these subjects and then go forward when uh, our leaders, you know, are trying to come up with solutions, you know, let's be part of the solution for a lot of these issues that we're going to be speaking about. And again, we're not going to be experts on this. It's just, again, just, just having people open up about the struggles that they're having. And, you know, maybe we'll see some common threads throughout. And that way we can start, you know, thinking about solutions for these, these type of challenges that we have. So I'm excited. Hopefully it, it will be a mix of, you know, great conversation, laughter, coffee, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> and um, exactly, and exactly, and just, you know, uh, I deep dive a little bit into our community and, and see what everyone is, what, what concerns we have and how to keep our force strong by, you know, taking these things head on. So I'm, I'm very, very thrilled about it, Jen. You're going to be great at this. <laughs> so, uh, well, Thanks for that, Michelle. And and thanks everyone for listening. We are really excited. And thank you for listening all the way through to our uh, intro on military stigma, tough conversations worth having. If you want to share your disruptive stories with Partners in Promise, feel free to email us at info at partnersinpromise.org, or you can connect with us on our website, thepromiseact.org. Thanks everyone.